your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week. Why not listen to it? It's to start every single morning and then tell your friends to do the same as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Fun show for you today. I'm recording this on Halloween. You're listening to it on maybe Halloween evening if you're into it, if you're an early listener, but it's this is Tuesday, November 1st episode, but I'm recording on the evening of Halloween. And in the spirit of, of, of Halloween, this is a trick-or-treat show. I have gone into the deep minds of cleaningtheglass.com and also the NBA's stats site to check out some early season trends, some early season stats, and find out whether those early season stats for the Blazers' first six games, where they are 5-1 and one and look really darn good to be sure, are the tricks or are they treats? Are they real or are they a sign, a trend of things to come? Typically, like, I think there's like this thing in NBA circles where you wait for 20 games. It's like, oh, wait, wait, 20 games in, we'll know. And certainly you'll know. But it doesn't mean that the first, um, the games 1 through 19 don't count. You are kind of figuring out, you're, you're trying to sort out what's real and what's not real in those first 19 because, like, magically by game 20, you'll have a much firmer clue. But the early stuff, it, I don't know if it's as meaningful, but it, it's certainly worth, uh, it's worth noting, right? Like, it's worth, we, we got to, we got to try to get our hands, get our thumb on the pulse, get figure out what those trends are, and then by the time we get to game twenty, we'll we'll when we think when things are definitive and real and true, we will have already seen them coming because you'll have listened to them on Lockdown Blazers. So let's find out what are what are tricks and what are treats, shall we? The first one I've got for you, whether it's a trick or a treat, is the Blazers' rim frequency. The Blazers right now are number one in the league. As in terms of attempts at the rim per game, number one in the league, nobody gets more shots up at the cup than your Portland Trailblazers do. Uh, last season they ranked tenth. This season they are first. Thirty-four point one percent of their attempts last year were at the rim. This year, forty-three percent. That is an increase of like eight of of like of eight and a half percent. I did the math for you. I got a little spreadsheet uh, that I'm that I'm peeking at here. Eight and a half percent increase. It has come at the where the big difference is that they're shooting less threes. Last year they were eighth in the league in, in three point attempt rate, like frequency of threes. This year they've dropped to nineteenth, pretty significant drop, a five percent decrease in percentage of field goal attempts that are threes. Shooting about the same number of mid range attempts. Last year was eight point nine percent. This year is eight point two. They are they are um, they have not sacrificed the the. The sh- like they haven't taken more of the, the most difficult shots in the league, long two pointers. They're taking less threes and more shots at the rim, and so much of that has to do with stuff you can see. This team just wants to run. They want to run. They are third in the NBA in transition frequency. That's a top five mark in the league. Something they just have not been. It's a top three mark in the league if you really scored at home. Something they just have not been. In each of the last four seasons, they have ranked bottom six, or yes, excuse me, each of the the past six seasons, let me try that one again, each of the past six seasons, they've been bottom four in the league in transition frequency. Uh, 26 is the best they've ranked over the last six years. They've usually been worse than that, 27, 28, 29, and last. Terry teams just didn't run at the end. Uh, early on in Stoss's career, they, they, they shared the ball a lot, so they they ran frequently. They pushed the pace. The ball moved. It devolved. It devolved. And by the end of the of his tenure with this team, they didn't run. And last year with Chauncey Billups 
they didn't run. This year, the personnel has allowed them to run. Josh Hart, he's just a one-man fast break. Jeremy Grant wants to get out and go. Uh, I think replacing the bulk of your shooting guard minutes with just um, with just Anthony Simons and not CJ McCollum, that's just more frequency of, of getting out and going. Playing uh, Justice Winslow in that second unit, you get out and go. Nazir Little, Shaden Sharp, dudes who can run and want to run. You run more in transition, you get more shots at the rim. You just see Josh Hart do it, like it's obvious. But um, even the way Jeremy Grant attacks, uh, particularly when he can get to his right hand, he can get all the way to all the way to the cup. Damian Lord has consistently been a guy who who does a pretty darn good job for the number of threes he takes, sprinkling in full rim runs, particularly going to his left and finishing with his right hand. You've seen it a million times. You know it. The Blazers are the number one team in the league. In, tra- in rim attempts, rim fr- frequency of attempts at the rim. And y'all, I think that's a treat. I don't think that's a trick. Uh, it would probably be silly to pick like any team in any stat six games in to lead the league. Like, I don't think, I don't think it makes sense for me to sit here and be like, oh yeah, they're going to lead the league all season for sure. No, I don't, I don't know. Like that's, but I think they're going to be among the league leaders. I think this is, this is how they want to play. Um, and having done this with Damian Lord in the lineup shows that like, Get the right personnel around him and Damien Lillard teams can run. Get the right personnel around him and Dame, Dame teams can get downhill. They can attack the rim. They want to They want to get into the paint. Other than other than Anthony Simons, pretty much everyone in the starting lineup gets to the gets to the rim with some some frequency. Uh, Simons is a pull-up guy. He shoots floaters instead of getting all the way to the rim, but everyone else gets there. Nurk, you know, Nurk for all his trouble gets a lot of shots at the rim. Um, I think this is a treat. I think this is something we're going to see all year long. Um, I, like I said, I don't know if the Blazers are the number one team in the league all year long. Uh, I don't know if they're going to continue this, you know, 43% of their of their shots coming right at the rim, but you, li- you like to see it, and it feels real, and fe- that, that part of this feels pretty darn sus- sustainable to me. That's a treat. That's a treat. Rim frequency is a treat. That is not a trick. Okay, I got another trick or treat option for you I want to talk about. But first, let me tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster for free. They got simple tools like screening questions which make it easy to which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. I got more tricks. I got more treats, or at least we can decide what's what. Uh, I've continued in the in the statistical mining fields. And the next thing I want to talk about is through six games. As a caveat, I am recording this before the basketball games start across the league on Monday. So um, things might change a little bit, but these are general rules, y'all. Uh, the Blazers rank top 10 in the, in the league in both offense and defense. They're ninth in offense and 10th in defense through six games. That is significant. They haven't been this good on defense in uh, many moons since the 2017-18 season. Uh, they just, they, they, 
they have been consistently an elite offensive team and a well below average defensive team and just straight up bad the last four years. Straight up bad the last four seasons. But being top 10 in both is a significant, significant and meaningful number. Last year, the Golden State Warriors, your NBA champions, ranked 16th in offense and 2nd in defense. But prior to that, prior to the Golden State Warriors winning the championship last year with that 16th rated offense, every champion since 2005 had been at least top 11 in both offense and defense. At least top 11 in both, including 14 of the 17 were top 10 in both. And every champion at since 2007, over the last 15 years, had been top 5 in at least offense or defense. The NBA season is too long. It's too long. They play too many regular season games. But it is, for the most part, predictive of, of whether you're good or not. Uh, the You know, here and there, there's 10 games that don't matter throughout the season. It's just like straight up meaningless. But if you are one of the best offensive teams or one of the best defensive teams for 80 nights chances are you're going to be good when it matters and you'll have a chance to win a title. To be a title team, you very likely have to be top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense. Uh, and you probably have to be top five in one of them. That's that's what a championship team looks like. So when you're thinking about you know defensive rank- rankings, and the rankings, to be clear, are uh, points scored per 100 possessions and points allowed per 100 possessions. These are uh, um, de- offensive rating and defensive rating. This is the Blazers are ninth and tenth right now. A top ten offense and a top ten defense is the sign of a team that can compete for a title. I think this is a bit of a soft trick. Uh, it's like getting a full-size candy bar in your bag, but it's not a candy bar you prefer. You open it up, and it's one of those cookies and cream white chocolate Hershey's bars, and you said, well, that's cool that they gave me a full-size bar, but it could have been one of the small ones of these. Um, it's like getting a, a really good apple in your bag. Like, you know, Honeycrisp is delicious this time of year, but I wanted candy. Um, it's kind of like getting, uh, and I heard this on a podcast I listened to earlier this week, it's like getting nice stationery in your uh, trick-or-treat bag or pumpkin, whatever you roll with. I was a bag guy. Uh, like, it's, you're going to be like, oh, this is cool. I like this pencil and this little notebook. This is nice and this fun little eraser, but you wanted candy. I think this is a soft trick. Um, it's not... I just don't think the Blazers can sustain this level of, of, of quite frankly, just I don't think they're going to be this good on defense all year long. Um, I don't think they're going to drop off. I think we've seen enough of them on defense this year to think this is like a team that could easily be above average, easily be 12th in the league in defense, easily be 14th in the league in defense. No problem. The defensive personnel is better. Josh Hart is totally comp- competent playing small forward in, the, in this league, um, something that maybe I was a little bit skeptical of. Jeremy Grant has particularly him guarding point guards late on teams that don't have big intimidating wings has been a nice upgrade. Yusuf Nurkic is for his faults is good at being in the way. He's a man who understands positional defending. He's, he's, uh, he's a great deter. He's a great deter. He's just a, he's just a big dude, not a crazy shot blocker, but a big dude who stays around the rim. And Anthony Simons and, and Damian Lillard have taken the challenge of being more competitive defenders this year. Uh, certainly, Anthony Simons has taken, I don't know if he's taken massive leaps, but just in terms of like um, low screw-ups, he's, he's, he's come a long way this year. He's, he's, the, the effort is there. The, the, the requisite effort to be competitive is absolutely there. But I think this is a soft trick because I don't think they're going to be a top 10 defense all year long. They have played some teams that are bad on offense. Sacramento ranks 19th. 
the Lakers rank 30th, Miami ranks 23rd, Houston ranks 27th. That's, uh, you know, three of the bottom seven offenses in the NBA in their first six games. That's, um, you know, that's four four below average offenses in their first in their first six games. Uh, Phoenix is really good. They're third best in the league on offense. They've been killing teams, and the Blazers played great against them down the stretch. I think Portland got a little bit lucky because Cam Johnson wasn't wasn't healthy, and uh, Landry Shamit wasn't available. Two really key shooters uh, for the Blazers down the stretch there. But like, you don't have to give them back for being for playing a team not at full strength. Um, they're going to play Phoenix twice this weekend without DeAndre Ayton. You don't have to give those back either. You just go win the games and keep them moving. Like. Apologize when you got home court advantage in the playoffs. Uh, Portland dominated the Denver Nuggets. That's a top 10 offense in the league right now. I think I think this is a soft trick. Um, their offense could be a little better. Like the, the Blazers' offense has looked um, is it hasn't been ideal, but because of how fr- frequently they're getting to the rim, and because of the thing I'm going to share with you in the third segment, they've been they've been solid. Um, this is. I don't think this early in the season, like through six games, I don't think the defensive rankings matter all that much. And I know I just listed off a whole bunch of them. So like, obviously I think they matter a little bit, but like the Blazers were a top five defense in the league briefly. And then they gave up like 26 transition points and turned the ball over 245,000 times. The second number is not true uh, against the Miami heat. And they dropped from top 10 to 18th. And then they came back and really handled a bad rockets team. And they, and they bumped back up to 10th. Like, you're, you're talking a quarter away from moving around. Like, you know, a hot shooting quarter or a good defensive quarter, you're going to move up four, five, six spots. Like, the 20-game mark matters for this stuff because you'll then you'll have done it enough times and the sample size will be big enough that it's like, okay, this makes sense. So I, I in that regard, I like, I totally understand. But I think the trends and what you've seen with your eyeballs suggest that the Blazers could probably be a little better on offense and they've and they're certainly... Like they have room for improvement on offense, and they and they just straight up have improved on defense. Will soft trick that they're going to be top ten in both, but the idea that they'd be above average in both categories seems totally reasonable through the first six games. We'll see how long Damian Lillard is out. Um, he is not going to play, according to reporter Sean Hyken, who's who I saw report this of Rose Garden report, uh, said that Chauncey Billups indicated that Damian Lillard will not play Wednesday against the Memphis Grizzlies. So at least that game, potentially two more, they play Friday and Saturday against Phoenix. Like it's, you know, they, they, if Dame is out, they're going to be worse because he's their best player and one of the best players in the league. But, uh, they looked pretty darn good against, against a bad Houston team. Taking care of business against bad teams is important in this league. Um, again, you do not have to give them back. I think, I think we've seen enough to think to know what the trends are, even if like the numbers and the rankings specifically don't mean it too much because of the obvious small size caveat. But well, I'll say this: if the Blazers are if the Blazers are top ten in the league in both heading into the postseason, which is uh, seventy six games away. Obviously, I'm recording this at the end of October, and that happens in the middle of April. I understand we're a long way away, but. The trends are the trends. If you are top 10 in both, you are a team that can compete for a title. Uh, this will be something we check in on throughout the year because it matters. Uh, not because like I think this team can win a championship, but because the league and the re- way the regular season works is that you, you, you develop the good habits of good teams, you prove that you are a good team, and then you go get it done in the playoffs. Teams that have kind of like bucked this trend of like being one of uh, the you know, top five in the leagues um, in 
top five in one of these categories and won a championship in in recent years are teams like the Dallas Mavericks in 2011 who got insanely hot and no one could guard Dirk for six weeks. It's it's the uh, it's the Miami Heat in 2006 who just probably should have lost the NBA Finals, but went on a absolute Dwayne Wade went on an absolute rampage, and it's the 2001 Lakers who didn't give a, a hoot, didn't give a single hoot about the regular season, and then turned on when it mattered because that was a team that was just absolutely loaded and had two of the top five players in the league. Like the teams that buck these trends are the teams with you know transcendent talents on the team with you know with with a young D Wade and and Dirk in his prime and and Shaq and Kobe right. For the most part, 80 games measures who's good, and if the Blazers continue this trend for 80 games, they're good, and and we'll just have to talk about them as such. But I do think, from what we've seen, they've taken steps in the right direction, but they're probably um, probably not this good. But we'll see. We'll see. They're going to play a bunch of tough games. Um, you know, the, Wednesday will be a good test. The road trip will be a good test. Like by the time they get back from six games on the road, we'll know. I, I won't wait. 13 games will be good enough for me to to know one way or another. Um, but the early trends are positive, even if I think top 10 in both offense and defense is a soft trick. Okay, I got one more for you. Join me in the third segment. We'll find out what our final statistical trick or treat is. Still a pass first point guard. Miss my music cue, but that's okay. You're still listening to Lockdown Blazers. I'm still Mike Richmond. We're, doing, we're going trick or treating. You want to come with me? I bet you'll like it. It's raining in Portland. It's not a great night to trick or treat, but for those of you who are Oregonians, you know that it's often raining on Halloween, and that's how you got to get down. You need to wear a, you need to play for a costume, all weather costume, if you live in this climate. Here's our last trick or treat. The Blazers are number one in the league in getting to the free throw line, and number two in the league at keeping opponents off the free throw line per CleaningTheGlass.com, the indispensable subscription stat site from Ben Falk former Trailblazers employee. They get they shoot more free throws more frequently than anyone else in the league, and they do not foul on the other end. Is that a trick or is that a treat? I think it's a treat. I think this is a treat. I think this is real. Josh Hart, 100th percentile, one of the absolute best in the league among combo guards, gets gets fouled, a sh- draws a shooting foul on 22.4% of his shot attempts. Jeremy Grant drawing a shooting foul on 23.7% of his shot attempts, 100th percentile among forwards. Uh, the way Clean Glass does it is it's grouped by position. It's not against, it's people who play your similar role. But these are two of the best in the absolute league at drawing shooting fouls. Yusuf Nurkic is drawing a shooting foul on 19.4% of his possessions. Among bigs, 83rd percentile, well above average. Well above average. The only player in the Blazers starting lineup that does not f- draw shooting fouls at an above average rate is Anthony Simons, who basically does not draw shooting fouls, period. Just 3.7 of his shot attempts, and with him going to the free throw line for a shooting foul, 3.7! Fourteenth percentile, according to Cleaning the Glass. My goodness, Ant! If Ant ever figures out how to get fouled with regularity, which I don't think he will, he he's going to become a freak. He's already such a good offensive player. Imagine if he got free throws with regular with some regularity. In addition to having players like Josh Hart, who drive with reckless abandon at the cup, you think about this team. 
They lead the league in rim attempts. They are third in the league in transition attempts. Josh Hart is a guy who pushes the pace and finishes at the cup. He passes up open three-pointers because he is a downhill dedicated driver. Jeremy Grant is all arms and legs. He flies into the paint. He, he's good at drawing contact into the free throw line. He's not making his free throws, shooting just under 71% from the line this year. Yikes. But Jeremy Grant at some point will make more free throws and getting the foul line will be more valuable. Uh, like, the, you see that with your eyeballs. Even uh, Justice Winslow, who is who is you know playing you know, 25 minutes a night, he's he's drawing fouls at an above average clip. The Blazers have been darn darn good at it, and that that seems real to me. And in addition, their leader, the captain, the point guard, the letter O, Dame Damian Lamont Ali Lillard Sr. is drawing non-shooting fouls on four percent of the Blazers' plays, 93rd percentile in the league. You have seen it. Damian Lillard has become a foul merchant. He's 32 years old. He's, entering his, he's playing his 11th season in the NBA. And after a decade plus in the league, Damian Lillard knows how to draw fouls. He knows how to look up and say, we're in the bonus. I am going to get us to the free throw line on a non-shooting foul. There was a game. There was a play against the Suns late in that game where there was a rebound. And Mikael Bridges kind of walked up his back. You know what Damian Lillard did? He fell down like he'd been pushed. He hadn't been pushed. He got a light bump from Mikael Bridges, but Mikael Bridges had two hands on him and he was made full contact. Dame falls down, draws a free throw, whatever that is, 80 feet from the rim, 77 feet from the rim. Dude just knows how to do it. You can watch him. He knows he's going to get defensive pressure. He knows he's going to get hands on him. When he does, he draws fouls. He's become really good at it. He is in the Chris Paul level of like, traffic copping to get to get foul calls. 4% of the Blazers' possessions he's drawn a non-shooting foul. Dude is just a foul magnet. He's become great at it. Great at it. He's great at it. That's how you get free throws. Is he draw non-shooting fouls and get into the bonus. And then you take advantage once you're in the bonus. Here's another one for you that I found while doing this research. And this one I love. Josh Hart hits a shot on an absurd 54.5% of his shooting fouls. His and one rate is 54.5%. That means on more than half of the times uh, Josh Hart is fouled while shooting, he makes the shot. 54.5% and one rate. When Josh Hart gets fouled, when the whistle gets blown on a, on a, on a shooting foul, like, it's like a, he's driving to the rim, he's making, he's making the, the twisting layup more than half the time, 54.5%. Does that... Feel like Josh Hart? Absolutely it does. That totally, that completely jives with my eye test of watching Josh Hart. Finishes through contact, goes hard, drives to the rim and does not worry about who's in his way. Um, sometimes Hart can get a little too deep into the paint, like push with reckless abandon. And then he does a jump pass like backwards behind him to like, I need some help. And he's 20 feet in front of all his teammates, 25 feet in front of all his teammates. And that can lead to some trouble, but Hart drives, he doesn't care, he goes hard, like, at 54.5% and one rate. More than half the time when Josh Hart gets fouled shooting and taking a shot, the ball goes in. He's an and one king. I think that's a treat. I think it's a treat. I think the Blazers are going to continue to be a high free throw team. I think they're going to continue to be a high free throw team. Dame's always been really good at drawing fouls. Always been. Um, and now you add guys like Grant and Hart into the mix, and, and Nurk, who's kind of a foul magnet just because he's so darn big, uh, like, yeah, I think they're going to be a high free throw team all year. Again, picking any teams to finish first in any categories may be foolish, but 
top five, top six, top eight, no prob. They're going to be one of the best in the league at, at free throw, at drawing free throw attempts. It's a secret to their sauce. They get to the rim, they run, they get to the line. It's how they've become, it's how they've maintained their level of being a pretty good offensive team without shooting threes at a really, really high clip. Um, they've just, that's that's the give and take here. It's that they're shooting fewer threes, but they're just so many more rim attempts and so many opportunities at the free throw line. That's why they've become, that's why they're the ninth best offense in the league. It's it, it, that, That's it. The defensive side, is that a trick or a treat, though? I think it's a treat, too. Um, quite frankly, harder for me to quantify with my eyeballs. Like, do I think the Blazers play good defense? Yeah, I think they've played a lot better defense. Do I think they play good defense without fouling? I, it's That's hard to know, and it's really hard to know comparatively. Like, are the Blazers better at not fouling than other teams? I think that's... Um, maybe something I'll pay closer attention to here in the next couple weeks, but not something that, quite frankly, I don't think I have the uh, I don't think I have the scouting chops to appreciate that in real time. That's something that I'll have to track statistically and see if I can see if I can catch it. But um, the only player committing fouls in an above average rate who plays regular minutes is Yusuf Nurkic. The only player, other player on the roster who's committing fouls in above average rate is Shaden Sharp. Sharp had that one game where he committed four fouls in like 15 minutes. Uh, if you take that out, I bet he's not committing fouls at that high of a clip. Rookies get worse calls. Um, Sharp's also just like still figuring out how to play defense in the league. Nurk can get a little foul heavy. It makes sense that on 3.8% of his team's plays, he's committing a foul. Um Sure, sure. Nurk's not crazy in the foul department, but that's that's a little more frequent than than your average big man in the league, which kind of checks out with the eye test. I think this is a treat too. I think the Blazers are, can be a low foul team. You know, they haven't been a high turnover team. I thought they were going to force way more turnovers than they do this year. They have not. That hasn't really come to fruition. And if you're if you're not you know if you're not reaching in for steals and 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 trying to have a lot of defensive playmaking, that can make you a low foul team. Uh, I think when. It'll be whenever Gary Payton is back and healthy. The Blazers were due to give us a health update late last week on Gary Payton. As I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, about four o'clock, still haven't heard from Gary Payton. So, or about Gary Payton. So we'll see. Um, no news is bad news in this situation. If he was supposed to re- be reevaluated in two weeks and they haven't given us an update, it's not like he's coming back sooner. Um, it's just, it's just the nature of it. Uh, but it's in general. Uh, yeah, I think this is a treat. I think the Blazers are going to continue to be a high foul shooting team and a low foul foul rate team, a low like opponents free throws relatively low, although the opponents free throws thing is just harder for me to grok totally. Just harder for me to I can't call it. But I do think they're going to be a team that gets to the free throw line with regularity. That's your tricking. That's your treating. Hope you had a lot of fun. Hope your costume was complimented. Hope your children dressed as Spider-Man because based on my um, judgments of what's happening in my neighborhood, all children are dressed as Spider-Man. Every last one of them is, is somehow Spider-Man. Uh, it's a it's a popular costume. Congratulations to uh, congratulations to Marvel. Or if you're wearing a knockoff Spider-Person costume, arachnid person costume, I really loved your costume as arachnid person. Uh, in any case, come back for tomorrow's show. Uh, Blaze play the Grizzlies on Wednesday. We will talk, look ahead to that game. Uh, when it, It'll be a lot of fun. I promise you, five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts, plus it's on YouTube. Every platform you're looking for us, you're going to find us. It's the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. So make it your first listen every day. Have a little fun. Learn some statistical stuff about the Blazers that can make you enjoy the team a little bit more. And then tell your friends to do the same. How about you make your second listen of the day, Locked on Sports Today. It is a 22-minute program covering the biggest stories 
across the entire sports world. So all of the sports that are going on right now, Peter Bukowski's got you covered. 22 minutes, everything you need to know from the local experts who cover the team in a way that only Locked On can. Make that your second listen every day. It's available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.